Yeah. See, see Harvey, this is where I, I, I think there's so many interesting things about what you might call, you know, anachronistically, the, the dialectical nature of uh, what what Paine did and, and what he reveals, I think, uh, both in terms of like the Gramscian uh, relationship between ideas and action, right? Uh, but but also but also the fact that it, it took an immigrant to teach Americans what Americans truly who they truly were, and and, and th- there's this dynamic between action and speech between. Uh, I mean, I mean, he exemplifies he he is politically active, uh, and then and then he's he's drawing upon what he sees in the contingent material uh, environment he's in that gives him the ideas that then reminds people of who they might already be. And so there's something I I see throughout this because it goes from Payne's life all the way through uh, to to really to, to Reagan. You start in the intro with with that's Reagan. The bu- that's the book you're right. referring to, just so everyone understands. Oh, sorry. Yes. And in, 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 right. Uh, Thomas Paine and the Promise of America. The, the, the book really showed me an interesting way that your understanding of Paine's spirit being kind of something that has this lineage is in part because of that, that dialectical process between ideas and political moments and actions and leadership um, that he himself represented as well, right? Yeah, I mean, to use the Gramscian term, he was an organic intellectual of the first order. He is the exemplary organic intellectual uh, who who is, you know, I mean, he's a working man. He's an artisan with a bit of education, an autodidact. I mean, the most powerful force in American politics of those days are the folks who not, who aren't even able quite often to participate directly in politics. And those are farmers and artisans. And he's speaking to them. Well, Look, I mean, the pamphlet appears, I think they published one thousand, the first printing was a thousand copies and immediately it sold out. And there was a second edition that Payne for Payne rejected because the, the printer had allowed somebody to, to include a, an attack on him in the copy. So he issues a third edition himself with another printer. This between the two of them, this now takes off and it's presumed both by the estimates and Payne's own later re- reference that perhaps 120,000 copies go into distribution. By the way, the American colonies had a total population of 3 million in 1776. Three, 500,000 of the 3 million were African-American. 120,000 copies go into distribution. And that does not include every single newspaper from Boston right. to Charleston printed Selections, yeah. Selections. And by the way, if anyone ever saw a movie that I hate to recommend because I despise the lead actor, Mel Gibson, who's an anti-Semite character. But in that film, The Patriot, where he's a southern planter, which is all bullshit, by the way, regarding this guy who supposedly is a, a rebel. Nevertheless, there's a moment in the film where Heath Ledger, the young, the young man, is sitting at home waiting for his father, Mel Gibson, to arrive because he needs to open the mail so that Heath Ledger can get the love letter from his girlfriend who's in the capital city. Anyhow, and the newspaper opens up, Mel Gibson sits back and, and the, the camera pans in. Is that the expression used? Pans in? Sure. Yeah. To a column in the newspaper, which is entitled Common Sense. So ah, nice, Michael yeah. Mann, who I think produced the film, was, was doing his history right. Okay. All these newspapers published. So everyone was reading it, by the way. This was a pamphlet that people didn't just read. They they stood up in taverns quoted and, it, right? and read it aloud. Yeah, yeah. There's this great moment that I ran across. It. I guess it was in uh, one of the biographies of Adams. Adams is at the barber in Philadelphia. 
And let's not forget, barbers didn't use scissors, especially if you didn't have much hair, as, as, as Adams didn't have. But they used a, a blade, right, to shave you. That's what barbers really were for. Mm-hmm. And here's the barber, presumably his blade is to Adams' neck, <laughs> saying to Adams, we're going to be reading, to- we're going to read aloud from Common Sense or something like that. We're going to go to the tavern tonight. You should come along, that kind of thing. That's the end of the preview, folks. If you want to hear the whole episode, you can go to patreon.com slash left anchor. Thanks for listening.